Hey, I'm Jen. In life, I've learned that adversity is a stranger to no one. The way we cope is a huge indicator of our character. We want to make choices from confidence, empowerment, and trust instead of letting our circumstances control us. Let's talk about how. This is episode B, Breaking the Bond to Your Past. Hey, thanks for joining me again on the podcast this week. I told myself I need to get a ring that says empower on it because then I'd have an empower ring. (laughs) Anyway, moving on from that, I got the idea for this episode from Paul A. Henderson, whom we will hear from later. He is the author of Slave No More, a book that talks about not being a slave to your past anymore. So we will talk about that. But before then, we will do the Name the Emotion segment. Okay, these are still some of the responses that I got initially, and again, if any of these prompt an idea in your head, or if you remember to send me one, please DM me an experience you had with a big emotion or any emotion that comes to mind. This listener writes in, I was at the grocery store shopping and turned my back on my children for a moment to ask an employee a question. When I returned to my cart... There was an older couple there waiting to tell me that it's dangerous for babies to play with plastic bags. I had let my daughter crinkle one to keep her entertained while shopping and had been keeping a close eye on her until that moment. I immediately felt shame and wanted to justify how I wasn't a bad parent, but I just let it go. Oh man, I feel you there. In our society, food shaming, appearance shaming, parent shaming, all of it needs to go. I do recognize the good intentions of that older couple, though they probably had an experience with it or, again, grew up in a different era, but safety is always important, but minding your own business is also important, so I don't know. It's a tricky balance, but I feel you. That emotion would probably... Oh yeah, shame. She felt shame. Okay, this next listener writes, My macarons finally turned out after three failed attempts. And she labeled the emotion as happy. I can relate to this one too. Baking is so tricky. When you find a new recipe, it's like you have to do a practice round. And then it's hit or miss whether that turns out. And sometimes it turns out perfectly and then you can't replicate it. Ugh, I agree. If it doesn't turn out, then you've wasted ingredients and time and energy. So that is so great that they finally turned out. Okay, and finally, this listener writes in, One day at work, I told a co-worker that he looked like the homeless person in the movie Dennis the Menace. As soon as it came out of my mouth, I realized what I had said and the reaction on, and saw the reaction on his face. I'd meant it to be a celebrity look-alike comparison, but it was a bad choice. He told me in front of my other co-workers that I had hurt his feelings. I immediately felt regret and wished so badly to take the words back. Oh, we try to think before we speak, but it doesn't always work out, or we forget, or it just happens so fast. Even though I've been told many, many times not to ask a woman if they're pregnant, I asked a woman on my mission if she was pregnant, and she wasn't, so that was awkward. Okay, thank you for joining me for that segment. Again, naming the emotion can be so powerful to gaining leverage over it, to understanding it, and moving on. Okay, the first quote I have for you for this episode is by Neil Donald Walsh, and he says, Life begins at the end of your comfort zone. 
Man, it's comfortable to be who we've always been. However, there's so much more growth when we move past fear, beliefs, the mold of who we used to be, all those things. I saw this visual, and uh, I'll try to share it with you. It's hard since I'm doing it over a podcast and you only hear the audio, but just try to visualize it with me. So on the illustration, there were concentric circles. So circles in circles in circles. And the smallest circle was labeled comfort zone. And this is where we feel safe and in control. The next circle, which contained the comfort zone, was the fear zone. That's as soon as you step out of your comfort zone. And this is where you make excuses, you lack self-confidence, you're affected by others' opinions. It's scary to step outside of there. And then beyond that is the learning zone, where we deal with challenges, acquire new skills, and extend our comfort zone. We've overcome the previous circle and we're ready to move forward. And then the last circle was the growth zone, where we find purpose, live our dreams, set new goals, and conquer objectives. And I found this on lifehack.org. The visual just really helped me because it shows how overcoming certain obstacles can move us into growth. But we have to let go of the person that we used to be or into the next version of ourselves. The next quote, I don't know if it entirely goes with the subject, but again, I just, I liked it. So I tried to find a way to fit it in here. And it says, zig when others zag. It's okay to be different. The world needs who you were made to be, your flavor, whoever you are. It's okay. You don't need to be embarrassed by who you are or feel like you need to change yourself to fit in with others. And sometimes this means changing who we used to be. And it's okay to visit our past, but we don't want to stay there. We can learn lessons from the experiences we've had or take the version of ourselves and improve upon it, but we are fluid, ever-changing people. Okay, and then the last quote I have for you before we move on to the interview is, what you do today can improve all your tomorrows. And that's by Ralph Marston. So this is kind of the positive side of visiting your past because what you do today can change everything going forward and then that will become part of your past. So your past isn't bad. And like I said, you can visit it, but you want it to be constantly building upon itself and improving and changing into something that you'll be proud of. If we're holding on to the thought, this is how I am or what I've always done, it keeps us from evolving into what we could be. At the end of last year, I bought this fancy planner that someone recommended and explained to me, and I thought it was such a good idea. I was so excited, and sure enough, as soon as the new year hit, I started filling it out. I was using it, and then about two weeks went by where I didn't use it, and I started to think the thought that, oh yeah, I'm not very good with planners. That's not something that I do. That's not part of my personality. And so I was caught up in this visiting my past trap because I can always change. I can always decide right now that that's what I want to use. I want to be organized with a planner and see how it can help my life or not. (laughs) And if it doesn't, that's okay. I can move on. But I wanted to try it and I want to follow through. So I'm not going to give up and it's okay that I missed two weeks. That's not, that doesn't mean I'm going to throw it away. I'm going to keep trying and it's okay that those two weeks are blank. Well, that's what I'm telling myself anyway. And I'll just keep moving forward and keep trying to utilize it 
It takes a while to form a habit, so we needn't give up so easily. But sure enough, I remembered times in junior high when I'd bought a planner and never used it or started to and then gave up. But I can prove to myself that I can be a different person. I can change. I can incorporate new tools and ideas. Okay, on to my interview with Paul. He will introduce himself a little bit, but I really appreciated my conversation with him. When I first booked it, I didn't know which episode he'd be in, let alone which season, because it was the end of last season. And I'm excited, but this is where it ended up, because after my interview with him, he sent me a free copy of his book, and I was able to read it before publishing this episode. So I'm happy to add my review to this interview. In Slave No More, it's a pretty quick and easy read. It's a short book, and it reads like a novel. I was expecting it to be more of a nonfiction book, but there are characters and plot, and you kind of learn the lessons as the characters do. So I really liked the format of that. It's about this man and his roommate, and the roommate had had success with having a mentor and learning how to let go of his past and is wanting to now teach his roommate that same life lesson. And so he refers his roommate to this friend, the mentor that he had, and he spends the weekend with him. And you go through his experience of meeting with different individuals and him having dinner with the family. And again, like I said, you learn the lessons as he does. It's also helpful because in the back, there are key points from each chapter that you can take away. I'll just read a couple. From chapter one, your past does not predetermine your future. Chapter two, it's okay to air out your thoughts to yourself while finding a way to ask for help, ask questions, and receive guidance. Chapter three, a mentor is valuable in all areas of life and can help guide you to move forward from being dominated by your past to living a victorious life. So yeah, I really recommend this book. He talks about getting a vision for your life, again, having a mentor, letting go of your past, and just there's just little nuggets and little lessons along the way that are really applicable and interesting to read about. So again, it's called Slave No More, Conquering the Master Within by Paul A. Henderson. And now we'll hear a little bit from him. I'm here with Paul. Do you want to tell me and my listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, yeah. So uh, my name is Paul Henderson. Uh, I'm married to Kiera. We we have four little boys, ages nine, seven, almost five, and almost two. So, uh, needless to say, we're, we're we're pretty busy around here. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and my current role is I'm, I'm the dean of students at a, a small school here in uh, in Richmond. Richmond, Virginia, former sports chaplain. I still do some sports chaplain work um, here and there. And then I'm the author of a new book, uh, Slave No More, uh, Conquering the Master Within, that was just released last uh, last Tuesday from the time of, of our recording, uh, January 4th. So I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Jen. Yes, for sure. I'm excited to talk a little bit about your book too. I'm right there with you with the boys. I have two boys and another boy on the way. So oh, congratulations. <laughs> yep. Busy, busy boy. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about your book and what inspired you to write that. Okay. Yeah. So, so the book's entitled a slave, no more conquering the the master with, with Ben. Now this isn't about like 
like chattel slavery or you know people only people. This is more um, about a, a, a mindset. See, um, if we go back about um, say about 10, 10 to fifteen years ago, I was uh, I was wrapping up at Virginia Commonwealth University, and 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 toward the end of my time there, I remember talking with my my former pastor, and we were having a conversation over dinner about. Um, you know, what are we doing with our gifts? What are we doing with the things that we have? Are we just talking or are we actually going to do something? Um, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because it's so easy to go out there and, and criticize people and criticize ideals, um, so on and so forth that you may not agree with. Uh, but it, the question that he, that really stuck out to me is like, what are we doing? Um, so around that time, I was actually a, a, a history major at VCU. And mm-hmm. um, I did take a lot of courses on, on, on slavery and slavery in the Caribbean, slavery um, and, you know, in America, so on and so forth. Uh, but what, what happened was I, w- I noticed that after the Emancipation Proclamation that, um, th- that there, there were so many slaves who, who were free physically, but they went back and worked for the, for the same slave master. And mm. that really struck me. That really struck me. See, I'm, I'm, I'm what you call, I guess you would call a people watcher, <laughs> if you will. Mm-hmm. So I began to notice the parallels between that, um, you know, that ideal and then what happens in society. I, I began to notice that there were different people who came from the same set of circumstances. Person A had one set of circumstances. Person B also came, had the exact same set of circumstances. But person A found a way to overcome, found a way to live a victorious life in the midst of the circumstances. It's almost like they saw that obstacle as an opportunity or a stepping stone to, to move their life like forward or a- adversity, if you will. They yeah. allowed that adversity uh, to propel them forward. They say, you know what, this adversity is actually, um, I'm actually getting stronger because I'm learning how to deal with the adversity. Person B, on the other hand, will continue to talk about the adversity. It was nothing about overcoming. So it, it was almost like person B was, was, was almost, um, I guess you would say, um, enslaved to 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 their past, and mm-hmm. that's that's where the whole idea came from. Uh, that that you know, overcoming is is an option. It's, it's your it's your choice. Do, do yeah. you choose to overcome? Do you choose uh, to overcome the adversity, or do you choose to allow the adversity to have you? So that's 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 where it, that's where it came from. And um, I guess we could talk. Uh, I'll share with you a little bit more. Um, in the time when I actually wrote the book and, and the adversity that I was actually in at the time. Yeah, that will be interesting to hear because one of the questions I was going to ask you is, uh, how did you feel empowered to keep writing it? Because I know with a lot of people, they'll start a book or they feel like they should write a book, but then they never finish it or it's just really hard. So how did you feel like you were able to power through to actually publishing it? Yeah, so so I guess we go back to um, 2016. Uh, so after I graduated, I, I worked for a, a group called a Fellowship of Christian Athletes, which is like a sports ministry uh, group. So I did that for eight years. I, you know, I, w- I was really, um, I thought that that's what I was supposed to do. I really enjoyed it. That's where I actually got into my sports chaplain work, um, speaking to to football teams and basketball teams from the middle school, high school, collegiate level, all the way up to the professional level. So I had plenty of opportunities there. But in 2016, I felt like it was time for a change. Um, I, I dealt with some, there were some things there that were really pointing to, hey, it's really time to, to, to per, perhaps make a change. So I got into teaching. Um, you know, you know, once again, my major was, was history and my, I actually had to have a master's degree in, in teaching. So I, I just knew that I was, I was in my calling. I just I said, you know what, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm finally here eight years later. I'm finally in the classroom. I'm ready to make an impact. I'm ready to make a change in the world. But what happened in that November or, or December uh, of that year 
is the HR came to my campus. We had four campuses. HR came to, to my campus. Now, this was a private alternative school. So these weren't necessarily, I guess some of the kids may have looked forward to coming to schools. But a lot of the kids, we, you know, they, they weren't necessarily the most respectful to, you know, to the student staff mm -hmm. and to the authority there based on their circumstances and based on the trauma that they dealt with. Yeah. But I remember after school one day, the HR person came in along with the person who was ahead of all the schools. And they let us know the campus was shutting down come January. Mm. So this was January 2017. I'm married, my wife and I, we have two little boys. She's she's pregnant with our third, our third son. And I'm in the process of losing my job. Yeah. We talk about adversity. For we sure. talk about adversity. <laughs> so we, I, I remember um, just leaving that day, um, that the day that the school shut down and just wondering what what's next, you know. I felt like I was on a downward spiral. Uh, you know, at first, at, at, actually, at first, I thought I was going to have a job within a couple of weeks. You know, I was I was thinking optimistic, but the longer it got, the more it seemed like I was going through a deep tunnel. Within, and the end was not in sight. So, so what ended up happening was we we had our third baby boy, and um, and, and it was right around that time, about a month later, after being out of work for about three three months. Um, you know, that's when I started writing this book. Mm -hmm. I was in the midst of an adversity and, and I was at a point when I said, you know, am I going to allow, allow this situation to have me or am I going to find something positive in this situation? And one of the positives that I found in this situation was I had a little bit more time to write. I had a, a, little, I had a little bit more time to do something that I really wanted to do, something that I was passionate about. So um, I took the next couple of months and I wrote. You know, my wife would be up, you know, feeding our baby and I would write from 12 a.m. to 3 a.m. And I would just keep on writing, keep on writing. Next thing I know, I'm finished, I'm finished the book. But what happened was a couple of years ago, after the book had set for a little while, um, you know, there was a lot of, once again, adversity here, we you know, within our country. We had COVID. We had so much tension going on, people um, not getting along, people questioning people's motives, so on and so forth. My wife looked at me and said, Perhaps it's a time for you to release this book. Hmm. And that's when we said, you know what, perhaps it, and maybe it's time to publish. And that's that's when the publishing journey began. Wow. Yeah, that's so incredible. Timing is just everything. So that's neat how it worked out like that. Right. Yeah. And all the experiences I've heard from people and in a lot of the quotes that I have read, because I'm a quote collector, I just see that pattern of adversity that when people come out the other side, they're just that much stronger. They have such a richer story and all that wisdom, you know, and so it's true. Smooth seas don't make skillful sailors. So, right, right. yeah. <laughs> What's one of your favorite quotes? Uh, one of my favorite quotes is, I really like the one that you just, that you just said, by the way. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite quotes that, that I heard that I, I really felt like um, helped to carry me through that season and also to write this book was, um, in every adversity, there's a seed of equal or greater benefit um, if you have the pos a positive attitude. And I remember, I remember hearing that for the first time, and then I remember reading it, and it really resonated during that time because once again, I didn't have a job. We, you know, we didn't have insurance, and we have, have a baby coming. So it's like, how do we take care? Uh, how do I take care of my family as as a, as a husband, as a father? But like once again, during that time, I did have a little bit more time, and I was able to write. I, I was able to to uh, have, and I think chapter twelve in this book, there there's an example about um you know they're 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 visiting a fire station so i did have time being that i wasn't work to actually physically go and visit a fire station so that mm -hmm. i could get 
the correct visual within my mind so that in my inspirational fiction book, it actually made sense. So, yeah. so though that's, those were the positives, those were the opportunities that were there that I like to say God really just provided um, dur during that time. And, and those, those, quite honestly, those are some of the, the jewels, uh, some, some of the precious moments that I, that I had uh, with my family, um, you know, while being unemployed. Yeah. And I'm curious too, during that time, could you kind of see that those positives or was it only after the fact that you looked back and were realizing it was a positive time too? Or how did you feel like in the moment? Was it really hard? I know it was really hard because you were out of work or just what were your feelings at that time? Yeah. You know what? That's a great question. It, it was hard being that I was out of work, but at the same time, I was able to find the joy. Mm, that's good. Um, you know, my, my wife and I had come through a, a, you know, a rough, one of the rougher phases of our marriage where there were certain things that, that really had to be rebuilt. We really had to go back to go back to the basics of why, why, why are we married? Why did I choose you? Why did you choose me? And during that time, we were really able to rebuild. We were able to grow more in love with each other. We were able to, I was really able to grow as a, grow as a father, you know, spend more time with my boys. And I tell you what, as, as happy as I was when I got a job, uh, when I finally got a job a few months later, you know, I really shed tears because I, I really valued that time so much that I was able to to, to have with my family. So, so um, it, it did. Take, I think it really hit me um, when it was time to go back to work. Mm, yeah. As you were sharing that, a visual came to mind. I've heard that with marriage, we start out as these rough rocks rough around the edges and then marriage right. just smooths us out so it's true oh, it's yeah. through adversity you know <laughs> so right absolutely so true absolutely. uh was there anything else you wanted to share or those are all the questions that i had so. yeah no i'm just i'm just really excited about um you know once again this journey with with my new book slave the more conquered and master within um you can you can get it anywhere um uh, but the, the whole purpose is, is I really believe that God gave this message to me. It's inspirational fiction. Once again, it tells a story about a young man who who's learning how not to be bound to his past, how not to be bound to what, what, what his parents or coaches or teachers or whatever may have said, things that have followed him into his adulthood. Um, he's learning how to overcome his past so that he can, uh, you know, live a brighter future. And, and, and my goal is, is that, that this book, you know, like I've learned, I've learned and I've pushed for lessons I've learned that it would be an inspiration, uh, an inspiration to many. Yes, Absolutely. thank you. Well, I look forward to reading it for sure. I love that. I'm so into mindset right now and just changing our belief system. So that will go right along with it. So thank you for your time and for your insight. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Jen. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we'll be in touch. See ya. Absolutely. All right. The list for this episode is a serious one. It's foods I prefer brand name over generic. The first is cereal. I am not a multi meal lover. It's gotta be the real stuff. Lucky Charms, Frosted Flakes, yeah. Real deal. Next is mac and cheese. Kraft, that's the only way to go. The next one is ice cream. This one isn't a non-negotiable, but have you ever tried Tillamook's old-fashioned vanilla ice cream? Oh, it's so soft and creamy and rich. Yeah, that's the only vanilla ice cream I like. Sure, ice cream is ice cream and only off-brand, but oh, Tillamook, boiled. Next is soda, followed by 
Oreo cookies. They have to be Oreo brand. They can't be chocolate cookies with cream. Mm, no go. Next comes peanut butter. Only Jeff. No Skippy, no off-brand, store brand, no. Chips. This one's kind of flexible, but really I love Lay's potato chips, actual Cheetos, things like that. And finally, tuna. It just creeps me out to have the store brand, I don't know why, but gotta have legit tuna to have it even taste somewhat good. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. You can find me on Instagram at AS4Adversity or email me at genbank16 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you.